My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the show. Um, it's me, Jamie. I haven't heard from me in a while. I haven't done a podcast interview in a while. We've been doing a lot of podcast interviews with our team members, but kind of coming out of retirement here. And it's thanks to this amazing guest that we're speaking to today. Um, just to tell you guys, I am absolutely stoked to be speaking to this individual today. We've just been talking nonstop for 45 minutes, like sharing like tips and ideas and growth strategies. And if you're all interested in building communities, figuring out how to level up, there's some really great things that we're going to be talking about in this episode today. Um, if you actually want to like follow along as we're talking about this, you should absolutely check out our guest Instagram. Our guest today is Maria Went. You can go to instagram.com forward slash Maria dot Went. That's W-E-N-D-T. Um, Maria spelt the normal way. Um, but go check out her Instagram and sort of look through some of the posts. The stuff that she posted recently, especially these carousel posts that she's done are super valuable. I spent like an hour this morning just going through and reading them. Um, but we're here to talk about how she's been able to grow successful female entrepreneurs to get this. 265,000 members. By the way, she only crossed like 250,000, like not that long ago. Like, what was it, Maria? Like a couple of weeks? Like 10 like, days ago, I think. Yeah. We're growing by about a thousand yeah, members a day at this point. Yeah. I don't know how many of you guys have been able to get 15,003 leads in two weeks before, but this is, this is pretty insane. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about her business. She's been able to consistently make hundred K months for years, like $3 million in three years, pretty insane. Um, but what's really powerful about Maria is her mission. You know, she gets <laughs> very emotional when she talks about this, which I love and I think is amazing, but she's on this mission to really help give women options, to give them the ability to make money and to not have to rely on anybody else. So it gives you that flexibility. So anyway, I could gush all day about this. Maria, we should get into the interview. Welcome to the show. I know this is kind of like your first podcast in a while, right? Are you nervous, excited? Yeah. I, I'm a little, you know, it's funny. I am a little nervous. Yeah. I haven't done a podcast interview since I think 2015 or 2016. Um, I did, I was on uh, entrepreneur.com's podcast, I think maybe a year ago, but other than that, I've not been on any podcast since 2015, but I'm nervous and excited to be here. Oh, uh, you know, entrepreneur.com, no big deal. No like, big deal. No, nothing no crazy, deal. you know, <laughs> just like the, one of the biggest websites ever. Um, I'm stoked that you're here. Thank you for coming on the show. So yeah. right out of the gate, you know, we, we're going to talk about a ton on this episode and, and kind of dive deep in terms of like for you with the people that are listening to this show, maybe they're business owners, entrepreneurs, maybe they've tried some Facebook communities before, maybe they moved on to different things. What would you say is like the number one thing that you've put into your community that's enabled it to be so successful? That's a great question. Um, I think as entrepreneurs, we're worried about us and like our business and our success, but with Facebook groups and really any community, if you're going to lead a community that actually grows you can't be the one to grow it. Your community members have to grow the community, which means you can't be in the limelight of your group. So if you run a group, you're the host or the hostess behind the scenes, facilitating 
other people's growth and other people's networking. And so for me, I am the leader of one of the largest female entrepreneur Facebook groups, but a lot of people don't even know that because I'm so behind the scenes facilitating the experience for the other members. So your ego has to die. If you're going to lead a community that's growing, your ego dies, you're in the backseat sort of facilitating um, the growth of the community. And the cool thing about that is because you're not in charge of the growth of the community, you're not in charge of the growth of the community. You don't, I don't do anything. And over a thousand members join my community every single day. So it's, it ends up being a big win for you, um, but you have to stop worrying about really putting yourself in the limelight. Yeah, that's such a great piece of advice. I've noticed that my business owner and partner, um, Angel, T uh, Angel Tussi, she runs the, the guest group and she does the exact same thing. And she's like, I'm not the person that is in the limelight. And that grow group is growing really fast as well. So can definitely resonate with that. Super good advice. So you talk about like facilitating the community, like setting that up. What are some of the things that you've done to set that community up for success? Because we've all seen the groups where people go in, the group owner doesn't post and nobody else does. And it's kind of cricket. So like, how do you set the group up for success to make sure that the members are the ones that are fueling the growth and fueling the conversation? I'm going to give you a really, really specific hack that anyone can implement. If you own a Facebook group and somebody asks a question in your group and nobody replies to it, your instinct, which is wrong, is going to be to reply and answer the question. You're trying to be helpful. You're a good leader of the community. Oh, somebody asked a question. I know the answer to that. I'm going to answer it. You shouldn't do that. What you should do is tag a different member who you know can answer the question. So if somebody asks a question about like, you know, being a guest on a podcast, Jamie, your instinct is going to be to answer it. Don't do that. Tag somebody else in the group and say, you know, Angel, I know you're really good at answering this question. Maybe you can give advice to this person. The person who's tagged has this little ego boost where they're like, oh my gosh, I'm the expert. I'm getting tagged on my area of expertise. And it gives them an opportunity to help a member of the community. And it demonstrates to everybody else just kind of lurking in the comments that this is a community where we step in and we help answer questions. So that's that's my little hack for you. It works really well. I love it. And in terms of like the community in general, talk us through the history because, you know, it's very <laughs> easy to look at a, a group like yours and just feel like it's completely unreachable, unachievable. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know sometimes we speak to ourselves in that not very positive light, like, oh, it's easy for Maria because she has this big group. Like what was the history like and, and, and how long has it taken? And what are some of the things you did along the way? Yeah, super good question. Okay, so the Facebook group, um, I'll I'll share all the all the nitty gritty details, the embarrassing ones. So it was initially I started it in November of 2016, and it was just me and my sister Rose, who now works for me. Um, she's my media buyer, so she does all my ads. Um, it was just me and my sister Rose. And at the time I was designing logos and websites, that's how I got started. And so because I was doing branding, the name of the group was called Brand New Empire. And I shit you not. I had a Photoshop picture of me with a crown on my head as the cover image. It was a Photoshop crown because it was a brand new empire and I was building my empire and I was the queen of it. So that's, yeah. that's the, that's where we started. We really started from the bottom. Now we're here. So yeah, started in 2016 and you know, it grew like every other group first ahead. 10 members. Then I had 50 members. Then I had a year and a half later, I had maybe a thousand members. I think it took me a year to hit a thousand. Um, it took me another year to get to 1800 members. Um, it just, it, once you hit 50,000 members, then it just, I stopped keeping track of how fast it was growing. Cause that's when it got crazy. Um, but it took me, I mean, I really didn't see significant growth in the group until 2020. 
Um, and it was just a slog from 2016 until 2020. But, and this is one of my biggest tips is like, I really was only focused on growing one platform at a time. Meaning from 2016 to 2020, I didn't worry about growing on Instagram. I didn't worry about growing on you know YouTube. I didn't worry about growing on any other platform. I was solely focused on my group. And that's one of the core philosophies that I teach my women is that you can't really grow well on multiple platforms at once. You're just half-assing a bunch of different things. You need to pick one platform and you need to really go all in on it. And that's how you're going to see significant traction. Yeah. That's so interesting because, you know, we were just talking about some ovens and school and like mm -hmm. him just, you know, completely getting rid of his whole like consulting company so he can focus. And it's the same when it comes to everything, right? Yeah. Offers, marketing messages, traffic sources. You got to pick one thing and just do it really, really well. Yeah. So you mentioned about it being a slog. And I think we can all resonate with that. Like, what are some of the things that you would recommend people do in the early stages of their group? to try and get to, you know, those points where it's kind of like the, the snowball effect where it starts to roll down the hill. Cause I think, you know, a lot of people never get to even 10,000 members, let alone 50,000. So yeah. what, what would, what would be your advice there? Yeah, that's so, okay. Um, just so you know, I'm actually publishing a carousel this afternoon on my Instagram about some really specific detailed hooks on how I'm getting hundreds of members a day. So go check my Instagram out for that. Cause that's coming out later. Well, now I got to post this episode today. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to happen now. Okay. Brilliant. <laughs> 2.30 p.m. PST is when the post is scheduled to go live. And it's got some real, it does have some really good detailed hacks on how to um, push past that slog. But I'll, I'll give you one of them now, which is a little hack. Only approve members when you have 100 member requests sitting in the request set. So a lot of people, they get excited and they approve requests every day. Don't do that. Approve every 100 members. Because what that does is it creates this like, jolt of members, which jumpstarts the Facebook group algorithm because Facebook's like, wow, oh my gosh, this group is so popular. 100 members requested to join the group today. I'm going to send even more people to it. So I always notice a huge influx of member requests the day after I approve the, the 100. It's going to be a little, you know, you might be sitting on pins and needles for a bit while you're waiting for your 100 member requests to build up but it's okay. Don't stress about it because then as soon as you get to 100, you're going to hit the approve all hundred new members are going to join your group. And then the next day you'll probably have like 10 to 15 additional members and it'll just keep growing from there. So, um, I recommend at least once a month to, to jolt it with like a hundred, um, a hundred member requests. Does that scale? So for example, if you get a lot more member requests, do you wait and like 500 in at once or a thousand in at once? Yes, like exactly. Yeah. So now we don't, because we have a thousand people requesting to join every day. It's just like, we don't feel the need to, to jumpstart any more than it's jumpstarting. But yeah. So let's say you waited till you had like 500 member requests the next day you could wake up and then you would have 30 or 40 or 50 new people wanting to join. Basically think about it from Facebook group algorithms perspective. This group is so good we checked and yesterday I had a hundred new members join. That means it's popular. Better send it to more people. Super interesting. I want to talk about something a little more technical, mm -hmm. but it's a question that I, I'm not quite sure the answer of okay. is the difference between public groups and private groups. Yeah. You should never now, have a public group. Yeah. Okay. Super never, interesting. Yeah. What, what's the reasoning behind that and, and talk us through that philosophy. Mm -hmm. So never have a public group because you want to create curiosity and intrigue so people will request to join the group. If you have a public group, first of all, those tend to be lower quality in general, so they just kind of look spammier. Um, but 
if you have a public group, people can just view the post and basically be in the group without being a member of the group. So you, why would they, why would they, why would they request to join versus if you set your group up? So you have a really enticing description. You have a really great cover photo. You have a great name for the group. The name is the most important thing, by the way, for your group is this name. Um, if you have all that set up correctly, um, and then they have to request to join the group in order to see the content in the group, you'll increase your, um, your increase your request. So always have your group set to private. Super interesting. Now, a lot of people feel that managing a Facebook group can be overwhelming. How do you go about managing a group with so much, uh, so many people, so much engagement? What does that look like for you? You know, you'd think we have a huge team and we do have a couple moderators, but they're volunteer moderators. So they have volunteered. I mean, again, like we are really big on supporting women and helping women make money. Um, and so we have a couple people that have volunteered. Um, we do, we do, there are forms of compensation that we give them. Um, so it's not like they're doing it for free, but they have volunteered to do it. Um, but to be honest with you, it's not that much work. We have really good rules and we really enforce them. Um, and then we have, you can, Facebook's gotten really good at like, assisting you with the moderation. So, you know, um, if certain people don't meet the criteria to join the group, you can automatically disprove their membership. If people are using certain keywords or bots are using certain like spammy links, you can automatically delete it. So it's much more about setting your group up to have systems to moderate itself and training your audience to or your community members to report content that's spammy or to report content that's pro me. So we really emphasize with our group you know, if you see spam reported and then we've said it. So like once the spam is reported, it gets automatically deleted. So we do have a couple of moderators, but, um, it's not the big, you know, eight team member thing you would think with a group of two, 250,000 people. It's just self-moderated. Right. Totally makes sense. Out of curiosity, cause mm -hmm. I've been playing around with keywords in my group this week. Like, mm -hmm. is there any, do you ban a lot of keywords? Do you have to keep it small? Like any particular we ones have, that you notice? Probably 30 keywords that are banned things. Mostly our, our big thing is, um, like, spammers like crypto spammers bots will join our group and it's danger to our community because you know right. that sweet little old debbie who doesn't know anything and she's gonna go and like get swindled her retirement you know like i take that stuff really seriously and i should right because i have such a big you know it's my job as the leader of the community so we have like the telegram links are blocked the word whatsapp is blocked um things like um like financial services like any kind of words that those um crypto bots or financial services bots would be using are blocked in addition to like racial slurs and just other like basic community management stuff um but we probably have like 30 to 40 keywords that are you use those words you're automatically sitting in a holding area and then we'll just ignore and block the members super fascinating okay i'm gonna get off my um facebook group person digging your brain for all of the tactical <laughs> and very specific questions and we're gonna go a little bit broader um and i want to talk a little bit about your mission and the way that you lead this community because mm -hmm. you know there's things inside of the group that that we see which are just amazing which is everybody's really in it to help each other and unlike other facebook communities you don't shy away from helping people to get what they want out of the group which is clients or yeah. support or access. So talk to me a little bit about your philosophy there and, and, and how do you make that happen? Yeah. Um, so I read a book that I highly recommend. Um, it's written by a really great community organizer, right? So somebody who goes into actual in-person communities and creates a neighborhood, right? Like he goes and improves neighborhoods and improves, creates community locally. Um, and the name of the book is Community. It's by Peter Block. And he talks about this um, science of belonging. And so when we feel, when a community member feels that they belong, they inherently bring in a sense of responsibility and sort of a, we're going to all help each other um, element. And so what I have done is foster that. 
And the really easy way to do that is just tell people, this is what our community is about. Here in this community, we help each other. Here in this community, we believe that we all should succeed. So if you are the leader of the community, your job is to repeat over and over and over again, what are the rules of the community and what are the guidelines of the community and what are the values of the community? That's really your only job as a leader. Um, and I find that, you know, think about it this way. If you have a thousand people joining your community every single day, you need to be saying the rules and the values of the community every single day because there's so many new people. So I, I overthought it for a really long time. And then I realized after reading Peter Block's book, Community, it's just about reiterating the values over and over again. So I think they're on our rules page. Um, they're on our, like they're, I, I'm constantly referencing them. Um, and then we, you also see the other members referencing them like hey we don't pitch in the community or they'll just kind of reinforce the rules um so that's that's what i do that's how i kind of keep keep everybody on the same page with that i like it and in terms of like because a lot of people are like well how do you help people get more clients and you know if you're not letting them um you know pitch and do links and i know you encourage people to post value like what are some of the things that you encourage your community members to do i mean other than obviously like learning from you with the strategies yeah. that yeah um honestly so my philosophy is just teach, 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 teach. It's what I'll tell my clients. It's what I, what I do myself. And so you really shouldn't be, you know, if you're in the comments linking to calls, you know, oh, come book a call with me. Nobody knows who you are. You're not helping anybody. And you're also not getting clients from that. Really, in my experience, the only way for you to get clients is to teach. So what are you good at? Help us solve problems. So I see the students of mine and the people of mine who are actually getting clients from my community are the ones who are plugged in and are providing real value. You're not throwing up a shitty link and just like, you know, throwing spaghetti at the wall. You're actually an active member of the community where you're helping solve problems and you're not getting paid by 99% of the people you're helping, but the 1% of people you are helping are paying all your bills. That's how it is for me. I put out content, all my best content for free. 99% of people never pay me, but the 1% that do have made me over a million dollars every single year. So it's worth it. <laughs> So that's how they're getting clients. And I really just believe in, in general, like you will not go far if you start with an ask. But if you start with value, people want to reciprocate and you've already built trust with them and you've already solved problems for them. So yeah, I could, I, you get, get me on a soapbox with this one because I can't see when people just, it's such, it's such taking attitude to just think you're going to go in a group, post your shit everywhere and then expect to get clients from that. That's just not how it works. Right. Right. And it's, you know, the longer you can delay the ask, the more powerful it becomes, mm -hmm. right? Which totally yeah. makes sense. So one of the things I've seen you do in the group, and this is actually a really great selling point of the value you bring for people who join your program, is that you, as far as I'm aware, you do get some of your clients to be allowed to come in once a week into the group and promote. You know, for me, I, I thought it was really interesting because on one hand, it kind of creates some good engagement with somebody that isn't you. But at the same time, you're helping them to get more clients. How does that work? And where did you come up with that? Yeah. Idea? yeah. So basically, and this is very common in the Facebook groups that I'm in, there's a, um, basically it's like a promo marketing membership where you can pay, we charge 200 bucks a month and you're allowed to post one promo post per week. So a total of four promo posts. Um, and the thing that works the best in my group in particular is offering a freebie in exchange for an email address. And so you don't, you, you know, my students, you have to be a student of mine in order to be able to buy the membership. If you're not a student of mine, you can't buy the membership. Um, but if you are a student of mine, you can buy the membership and then you're allowed to leverage the 250,000 leads that I have in my community. Um, the reason why we charge for it is not because I, I like, we don't make money from it at all. Cause not that many people do it, but it's because it creates a structure 
for my community to know, okay, if you do want to pitch in front of this large audience, what are the rules around that? What's the structure around it? Well, you have to buy um, the promo membership. And that makes it easier for us to delete the literal thousands of posts per day that are just promo posts because it's like, oh, you don't have the membership. You know, it just makes it a little more streamlined and structured for us and for the two moderators that we do have for them to just kind of see, oh, this person is not in the membership decline, decline, decline. So just, it creates it to be very black and white, which you need in a community as large as ours. That makes sense. And for me, I, I originally thought, oh, this is a way to get more engagement. H- how much do you focus on trying to stimulate engagement, comments, posts that get a lot of reach? Is that a focus area for you guys? Has it ever been a focus area or is that not important? We have the opposite issue, which is like, if we have community members who are constantly asking like stupid engagement questions, our stuff doesn't get seen. And so we are not trying to Dis, like, I don't want engagement for the sake of engagement because I don't think it provides any value. If somebody asks a great question and it has a lot of answers and is actually really helpful to our community, please go to town, get 600 comments on that post. But if you're asking like coffee or tea and there's 600 people commenting on that, that's not providing any value to my community. It clogs it up and it keeps the thing for me is like, I'm going to advocate for the people that have questions. So people come to my group to, have, to get the questions about entrepreneur, you know, ship answered. And so if somebody's over here like uh, coffee or tea and my little friend who has a question about her website gets pushed down, that's going to annoy me. That's going to piss me off as a community leader. So I don't encourage encur- uh, engagement for the sake of encouragement. I discourage it because it it silences the voices of people who actually have real questions and need their need their help. You know, they need help. So, yeah. It's super interesting because the the whole approach here is really just about what makes this the best place for these women who are involved in the community. Mm-hmm. And they sort of pay you back by being a contributor because I know I've been in groups like that before. You know, I'll, I'll throw one out there. Dean Graciosi's group, huge group, tons of people, tons of those stupid engagement questions, you know, and it, again, it just doesn't become useful. So you don't contribute and you don't stick around. Well, and that, and the thing is like, I get really, you hear the passion in my voice and it almost sounds like the, the like irritation in my voice. It's because I really genuinely care. Like there's women who they aren't able to hire a business coach. They have no support system in their life. Their family doesn't believe that they can make money doing this. So my group is their lifeline and I care very deeply about them becoming successful. And so if I've got Jane over here trying to boost the engagement on her personal profile, that makes me upset because it's my person down here who really needs the support, who my group is her one place where she can have community. Um, and so I'm going to advocate for those beginners who really need the support. They need to be seen. And so we were pretty strict about like that nonsense in our group because it, it pulls away from the people who that group is created for. So I, I want to talk and shift gears a little bit about um, Instagram and these other platforms. And so obviously you have the Facebook group and this is kind of what you're known for, but you're also focusing a lot on Instagram right now. And I know it's been a great generator of clients and engagement for you. Um, in terms of like, you know, what do you pick first for people who are coming into this and maybe they don't have either stand, like what what's your approach on where they should focus their energy? And then I want to yeah. talk a bit more what you do on Instagram. Yeah. Super great question. So I have just made so much money from Facebook groups like that's it. And I've helped so many students grow their Facebook group. My students grow their groups into the thousands very quickly, just because I have all these, all these hacks. And I really believe that we are in a special window of opportunity right now where Facebook is really pushing groups like they did back in 2016. And so if you've been worried like, oh, I missed the boat on organic, you have to pay to play. Not true for Facebook groups right now. So if you're just getting started, you don't really have a big audience on Instagram, you don't really have a big audience on Facebook, 
start a Facebook group. I have tons of resources on how to do that and how to name your group in the description of the group and all that. Start a Facebook group. Don't even worry about Instagram right now. Go all in on your Facebook group. Get that up to a thousand. You should be able to do that in a couple weeks. It shouldn't take you that long. Um, and then just start getting clients from that. That's my advice. Got you. So I'm sure you've got some resources on this. What are the best ways to get your first a thousand members inside of a Facebook yeah. group? Um, yeah. So I do have a ton of stuff on my Instagram about growing um, a Facebook group. So start there. Um, but in order to get your first thousand, it all comes down to how you name your group. I'll, t- I'll tell you right now, the name of your group, I'm going to give you the formula that I give my students. And this works hundred percent of the time. So if you don't follow this formula, you sort of like trying to grow a group with your hands tied behind your back. It's um, adjective, adjective noun. So I'm going to give you an example, successful female, school folks. Yeah. Yeah. Adjective, adjective noun. So describing word, describing word, and then a thing. So successful female entrepreneurs, profitable real estate agents, um, stress-free, happy moms, adjective, adjective noun. Um, the reason why that works is because you want your group to be seen as, um, like aspirate, like the name of your group should be whatever your ideal clients aspire to be. My ideal clients, they aspire to be successful female entrepreneurs. If you're a parent coach, your ideal clients aspire to be stress-free, happy moms. If you are a real estate, you know, if you're in the real estate world, profitable real estate agents, what do your people aspire to be? That's what you need to name your group. Adjective, adjective, noun. I can't tell you how many times I've taught this, had students not listen to this and then come to me being like, why is my group not growing? It's because you did not follow this describing word, describing word, and then, you know, thing, right? Adjective, adjective, noun, follow that formula. Why does that work so well? Because it's people join communities based on, like most people think of Facebook groups like a community, right? Because that's what they are. Um, And so they're looking for community and then they see a community that is describing what it is they want to be. Oh, I want to be a successful female entrepreneur. So I want to come hang out with other successful female entrepreneurs. Oh, I want to be a happy, stress-free mom. So I'm going to go hang out with other happy, stress-free moms. It, it taps into the, our desire to belong and our desire to connect. Oh my gosh. So powerful. I'm going to be asking you how to rename my group right after this. Everybody call. always um, says every time, every time I teach that, everybody's always like, what do I, what do I change it to? <laughs> <laughs> Love that. So let's talk about Instagram because it'll be a ton of people here who already have established yeah. groups. They've already got leads coming in. And one of the biggest questions is, well, how do I convert and nurture and get more of those people coming in? How do I get people to um, get support and buy it? Mm-hmm. So talk to me a little bit about what you're doing. So again, Instagram.com forward slash Maria dot went for the link there. Cause again, as you're listening, it's probably a good idea to go and get eyes on what we're talking about right now. So talk us through a little bit about why you shifted to Instagram and what the focus has been there for you. Yeah. I, I cannot believe how much money we're making from Instagram. Like I is actually blowing my mind how insanely profitable Instagram is. Having said that, I still think you should start with Facebook groups because I think we're in the window of time to start there. But if you've got that and you're ready to hear what's happening on Instagram, good God, it's insane. I can't, I feel like I don't even know what's happening to be honest with you. It's just so insane. We've only been working on it for a month and it's, it's crazy. So basically this is my philosophy. I don't really it's the same philosophy I've had everywhere and how I built every community that I've built, which is give a ton of value for free consistently every day. So I am making one really good reel every day and one insanely jam-packed valuable carousel every single day. Um, and 
that's it. Like that's all the work I do. I, I don't really, because the way my business is set up, like I don't have to do a ton of other work. So once I've got my Instagram content done for the day, I'm, I go hang out with my daughter and just hang out. Um, but yeah, that's, it's one carousel, one reel with both of those. I create them very simply. So my reels are created in the Instagram editor. I do not worry about production quality at all. You could probably tell <laughs> they're not overly produced at all. Um, I keep the focus on teaching and education. And then with my carousels, I just type them in my iPhone notes. I screenshot them and schedule them out. So I'm not creating stuff in Canva. It takes me 30 minutes. If that, I keep it really, really simple because I just, yeah. And I'm only the metric I pay attention to as I grow Instagram, by the way, is how many non-followers I'm reaching because obviously the goal is to grow on Instagram. So I need to be getting more followers, which means I need to be reaching more people who aren't currently following me. So the only metric that I track on Instagram is non-followers. I think it's a really interesting approach because for the way that I was engaging with the page earlier today, and you guys will know this if you go onto the page, like I imagine the reels are what is bringing a lot of new people in because that algorithm right now is just bringing lots of new people in. But then when you actually land on the page, what I did was I was in all of the carousels. Like I was reading through the value. I was like, that was great. Let me read the next one. Let me read the next one. And I probably read through about 12 or 13 of them um, when I landed on that page. What did I do right afterwards? I hit follow. I was like, this is brilliant. And so, and there's actually been other Instagram pages that I've engaged with that do the same thing. And it's really interesting that these carousels are kind of the secret to going super deep. But then the reels are that thing that's going to be driving new people in. That's my perspective on it. Do you find the same thing? Or I think that's exactly what's happening. So obviously, I, I you can track and see how many followers per carousel you get. Um, and I think that's exactly what's happening. People find me from the reels and then they binge the carousels. And I mean, it's just insane. To me, it's insane the amount of shares and the amount of saves and the amount of follows I get from those carousels. Um, but mind you, like... It's a lot of brain power to create each carousel because I really am sharing the best of the experience I've gathered over the last 10 years. I really try to make each one interesting and valuable. Um, and I, you can't fake it. Like you just have to give real value if you want to see real results. That's in my experience, how it goes. Right. You got to give it all away for free, which mm -hmm. is counterproductive. You know, we talk about this all the time. It's like, give the value, give the information, sell the implementation. There's always going to be people who want more help at the higher level. And those tend to become the best clients. Um, Maria, I also want to touch on, you know, your philosophy of no sales calls, because, you know, as a, as a bona fide, full blown sales call addict, you know, I've been sales manager and all this kind of stuff. I love sales, but I'm also very extroverted. I know you're also kind of introverted and not a lot of people know that about you um, until they get, you know, deeper into the community. Talk to me a little bit about like why you made that decision. Was it difficult and what happened afterwards? Yeah, I am extremely introverted. I, this is how I don't come across as introverted, but my energy is filled up by silence and by myself. Um, and so I think that makes me an introvert. And so I'm, I'm very introverted. I love my space. And when I, if I see a sales call on the calendar, it's, let's say it's at 1 p.m. I'll spend the entire morning stressing about that 1 p.m. call. And then I'll spend the rest of the day recovering from that 1 p.m. call. So I, I'm just clearly not meant for sales calls at all. And I was naive, but I just always believe that like you get to have the business you want to have. So if I don't want to have sales calls, I can still run a million dollar business and not have sales calls. And so because I didn't know any better, I just decided that that's how it was going to be. And I taught myself how to sell using um, DMs. So like, or even videos, like sometimes I would just sell over a video. I'd say, Hey, this is what I have to offer. 
click the link under the video to buy it. And I've sold things as much as $72,000 coaching packages over video um, or over like answering a couple questions in my DMs. I've just always believed that you don't have to do sales calls if you don't want to. You don't have to do complicated funnels if you don't want to do complicated funnels. Anything you don't want to do in business, don't do because you aren't aligned with it, which means on a subconscious level, you're going to sabotage, which means you will never see success. So every part of your business, you have to love and you have to enjoy, or you won't see success. You're required to build a business that you love because otherwise it won't grow to its full potential because you hate part of it. So you'll you know, you'll sabotage part of it. Yes. I love this. So that's my philosophy. (laughs) My two minute rant on sales calls and building. I I think it's a I think it's important to share because, you know, I talk a lot of time about, you know, high ticket, but it is difficult and, you know, you do have to deliver higher levels of value and it's harder to get people across the line. And especially when your priority isn't wanting to spend all of your time every single day on calls, that doesn't have to be that way. I always think there's two, two solutions to selling. It's you either go in person, you go super expensive, or you go a little bit cheaper, but you make it automatic. And hey, it's a lot of work to build those automatic systems. Um, I know you have a ton of systems, Maria. Like, yeah. do you want to touch on that in terms of like what has been maybe the simplest or first thing to set up that helped you the most with generating sales if you're not going high ticket? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's a, This is a lesson I continually learn and, and I always think I've learned it and then I have to learn it even deeper and even better, which is that simple scales. So if it's not simple, it will not scale. And I keep thinking I learned that lesson and then I find more areas of my business that need to be simple and more areas of my business that need to be pared down. This is the thing that got me to a million dollars and I think that everybody should should follow it because it's just a rule. Um, if you want to scale to seven figures, you need to follow the rule of the five ones. Now, this is not my philosophy. I learned this from my mentor who learned it from his, but the five ones is one target market, solving one problem for that target market, one system to get clients, one offer. So you're only selling one offer for one year. So one target market to one, solving one problem for that target market with one system to get clients, meaning either you're going to do it on a Facebook group or you're going to do it with Instagram or you're going to sell it over a webinar or whatever. One offer, not three, not a middle high and big one offer for one year. You do that. I did that. And I hit seven figures in one year by following the rule of the five ones. So simple scales, um, fancy fails. It's just so true. And I, I continually learn that. So there's most people who are stuck at six figures have too much going on, too many offers, too many SOPs, too many team members. It's just all too much. And that's why they're not scaling. Yeah. This is the number one thing we coach all of our clients on is just focus. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we did this exact same thing. We got stuck at six figures for ages and it's because we were doing a million things. The other thing I'll add on to that guys is also understand that when you're jumping from thing to thing all the time, you never give yourself chance to perfect the system. Mm-hmm. We decided on one sales approach around about two years ago. And, you know, we've spent all of our time on just that one sales system for 15 months. And that's when we had our first $100,000 month. And yep. you know, it really is the key that you can do anything. You can be low ticket, high ticket, webinar, Facebook, whatever you want to do, podcast. You just have to do one thing and keep doing it more and more and more. You got to have those 1% improvements every day so you can figure out all the kinks to get it working because it takes time to build something big. It's so true. That's You could not have said it better. It's exactly it. Yeah, that's very well I love said. it. 
Maria, um, I'm super stoked that we got to go super deep into all of this. In terms of final points, I mean, we've talked about a ton. We've talked about the importance of community. You've given tons of value for Facebook. We've talked about, you know, your strategy with Instagram. You know, for anybody that's listening that is kind of thinking, you know what, I I need more. I, I just need a little bit more direction or this sounds like it's been super helpful. What would be your number one piece of advice for somebody who is in this position right now? You know, what is the first thing they should do? Because we've talked about, you know, all these different things. We're assuming this person doesn't already have a Facebook group. What's the thing they should do directly after finishing this podcast episode? Well, two things. One, I really think you should follow me on Instagram because there's just a lot of value that I provide there specifically for the brand new beginner, the person who is just getting started. Um, The other thing I want to tell you is that never apologize for wanting to make money. Like I validate your desire. I validate your dream. I validate, I validate the options that you're going to get by doing this. Money gives you options. You can use that for good or you can use it for bad, but I validate your dreams. And I want you to know that it's possible because I'm, I'm from Ohio. I'm from middle America. I'm the first woman in my family to work. I'm the first woman in my family to do really anything and it's worth it. And you just, it's, it's, it's understanding that if you have a dream to do something and to make money online, you can do it. Because if you did not have that dream, you would not be capable of it. And the fact that you have that dream and that desire is proof in and of itself that you can do it. So I just want to validate your dream and I want to validate, I want to validate your desire because I don't think that enough people do that when we're just getting started. You have your family who says it's not possible. You have your own voice in your head that says it's not possible. I want to be the one voice that says, hey, it's possible and you should do it. Amazing. So Maria, appreciate you so much for coming on. This has been super fun. We've covered so many cool different things. Super, super appreciate getting to connect with you. Um, And so guys, remember like the best thing you can do is go check out the Instagram because all of this stuff we've just talked about is all there. And so you can see it written out in front of you. So you just go to instagram.com forward slash maria.went. That's M-A-R-I-A dot W-E-N-D-T. We'll put a link of it down in the show notes as well make sure you guys go check it out. Maria, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate you. And yeah, thanks for coming on. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.